This Day in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History Class, a show that shines a light on the high and low notes of history. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today we're celebrating the unique style and soulful voice of the incomparable Lady Day. The day was November 11, 1933. At age 18, jazz legend Billie Holiday released her first hit song, Riffin' on the Scotch. After being discovered in a nightclub by a talent scout for Columbia Records, Holiday recorded two tracks with jazz clarinetist and band leader Benny Goodman. Their first collaboration, titled Your Mother's Son-in-Law, sold about 300 copies, but Riffin' on the Scotch sold 5,000, making it the first commercial success of Holiday's storied career. The song's title and melody were the work of guitarist Dick McDonough, who provided the song's scotch in the form of a vaguely Scottish-sounding melody at the start of the song. The lyrics, which have nothing to do with the title, were written by Johnny Mercer. They describe a romance going from bad to worse with the line, I jumped out of the frying pan and into the fire. Later in life, after three troubled marriages, Holiday could likely relate better to the song than when she recorded it in her teens. But that's not to say her life had been easy until then. Unfortunately, it was difficult from the start. The singer was born on April 7, 1915, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Her unmarried teenage mother, Sadie Fagan, had moved there from Baltimore after being kicked out of her parents' house for getting pregnant. Holiday's father was a traveling musician who played guitar and banjo in some of the earliest jazz bands. He abandoned the family shortly after Holiday was born, and she was soon sent to live with Sadie's older half-sister in Baltimore, Maryland. Holiday later reflected on the poverty of her youth, saying, quote, I never had a chance to play with dolls like other kids. I started working when I was six years old. In the fifth grade, Holiday dropped out of school and took a job as an errand girl for the madam of a local brothel. If there was any upside to the gig, it's that Holiday got to listen to records while she scrubbed the floors. She loved music and singing from an early age, and it's while working in the brothel that she first heard the songs of famous black artists like Bessie Smith and her future collaborator, Louis Armstrong. As a teenager, Holiday moved in with her mother in Harlem and began looking for work in the local nightclubs. As she later recalled, quote, One day in 1932, we were so hungry we could barely breathe. It was cold as all hell, and I walked from 145th to 133rd, 
going in every joint, trying to find work. I stopped in the log cabin club run by Jerry Preston and told him I was a dancer. He said to dance. I tried it. He said I stunk. I told him I could sing. He said, sing. Over in the corner was an old guy playing the piano. He struck traveling, and I sang. The customers stopped drinking. They turned around and watched. The pianist swung into body and soul. You should have seen those people. All of them started crying. Preston came over, shook his head, and said, Kid, you win. It's as a young singer in Harlem that she first adopted the stage name Billie Holiday. Her birth name was Eleonora Fagan. Despite her father's absence, the singer used his surname, Halliday, before eventually changing it to Holiday, just as he had done for his performances. As for Billy, that was a tribute to silent movie actress Billy Dove, of whom the singer was a big fan. In a funny twist, Billy Dove was itself a stage name. The star's real name was Lillian Boney. Although she couldn't read music and had no formal training, Billie Holiday quickly became a fixture in Harlem's vibrant jazz scene. When she was 17, Holiday landed her best gig yet when she was asked to replace the singer Monette Moore at a popular club called Coven's. In early 1933, she met a record producer named John Hammond, no relation to the founder of Jurassic Park. He had come to the club that night, hoping to hear Monette Moore perform. Instead, he heard Billie Holiday, and he liked her sound even better. After Billie had turned 18, Moore arranged for her to record a couple tracks with Benny Goodman, aka the King of Swing, in November of that year. Holiday was nervous during her first recording sessions, but you wouldn't be able to tell from the finished product. Her voice sounds very different than on her later records, but it still has the intensity and improvisational quality that would become defining features of her vocal style. Riffin' on the Scotch was a big hit for Benny Goodman and his orchestra, and for Billie Holiday. She was only paid $35 for her contributions, but that early success jump-started her career. By 1935, she was recording hit after hit with the likes of pianist Teddy Wilson and tenor sax player Lester Young. Recording Riffin' on the Scotch was almost as big a deal for John Hammond, too. The producer later said of working with Holiday, quote, Her singing almost changed my music tastes and my musical life, because she was the first girl singer I'd come across who actually sang like an improvising jazz genius. Hammond was picking up on the fact that Billie Holiday put her whole heart into every song she sang, and in doing so, she turned each one into her own, whether she was the first to sing it or not. As for her being like an improvising jazz musician, that's actually how Holiday saw it too. She once said, quote, I do not think I'm singing. I feel like I am playing a horn, and I try to improvise. What comes out is what I feel. I hate straight singing. I have to change a tune to my own way of doing it. That is all I know. Clearly, that was enough. Billie Holiday went on to become one of the most celebrated jazz and swing singers of all time. The traumas of her early life never lost their hold on her, and she was plagued by addiction and substance abuse 
until her death in 1959, when she was just 44 years old. Her life was a series of high and low notes, successes, and tragedies. Her singing expressed that range of human experience and emotion for all to hear, and the world is richer for it. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you'd like to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and you can write to us at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks as always to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.